Hi, everyone. Welcome to Frontier Faith, a podcast where it's okay not to know, not to know what you believe, why you believe it, or where you're going. We call this Frontier Faith because we believe that we are on the edge of where we came from, trying to discover where we're going, and uh, we're exploring. We're trying to figure that out. Uh, my name is Nathan Whitaker. And I'm Ryan Harris. And today we're going to talk about kind of a hodgepodge of things. We're going to talk about Halloween. We're probably going to talk about the devil. And we may even wander into talking about evil. We might even general. wander into hell, huh? Yeah, we might wander <laughs> into hell. We'll see. Uh, uh, so, Ryan, what was Halloween like for you growing up? Well, Halloween was bad. It was evil. It was no good. Not allowed. Very bad. <laughs> I'm sort of kidding. Sort of. Um, like I can tell you that I never went trick or treating in my life. Um, now in my parents, somewhat in their defense, I don't think that they thought trick or treating, you know, was necessarily wrong. Although my parents were kind of paranoid and probably weren't crazy about the idea of me going to strangers houses and, you know, in the early, was it, it? wild? <laughs> yeah. Was it in the early, was it late eighties or early nineties where there was that one thing of someone put razor blades in candy? Yeah. Hey, I was going to say the same thing. I, yeah. I was like, we didn't do it, but it was because my parents were worried about razor blades being put into. Right. Uh, I think one person bars. did that. And um, yeah, so I think that was probably in there too, but I think the biggest reason was um, because, you know, because my dad was the pastor, it was like, we can't do this just like in case someone would think it was not okay. Right. Because, oh, you know, I mean, what are you thinking? No, that was, that happened often. There were things we couldn't do because, um, you know, it, it might be a not scandal, but that kind of idea. Right. For who? Like people in the church or yeah, people, people that, in, the, no, in the bosses or whatever. No, people in the church. Now thinking hmm. back on it, the church we were in, they wouldn't have cared. Most of their kids went, <laughs> <laughs> so, right. I mean, there was something to the idea of they didn't think it was a good thing to celebrate, right? Okay. Um, but at the same time, this is a very <laughs> weird thing thinking about it now. They would often like we'd go to the movies or, you know, we they'd, they'd buy us a whole bunch of candy and just give it to us. So, I mean, it's <laughs> not I really think it was more for the we don't want to cause trouble than because they thought Halloween was necessarily the most evil of days. Okay. Um, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Did you have trunk or treats? Um, I remember them having some pretty terrible harvest parties, which <laughs> side note, we'd have these harvest parties and we'd dress up like Bible characters and they'd give us candy. And it's just like, yeah. uh, okay, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so it wasn't because it was evil. Well, I think Halloween was not we, like the church would have never had a Halloween party, for example. I just find it humorous because that's what we were doing. We just said it was about the harvest. Yeah, instead, right. Which is also ironic, given the origins of right. uh, Halloween was about that. I mean, it wasn't just about the harvest, but I mean, it's that's probably closer to its original supposedly pagan roots than exactly, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, it's it's uh, that's kind of where it was at of like um, we never really did that. And then by the time I think it wouldn't have been a problem, I was too old, you know, 
Yeah. I didn't go trick or treating when I was 14, you know. Um, what was that like? Like, did you feel like you were missing out? Did you feel like, because uh, you said your parents got you candy, so maybe you didn't. I'm curious. So I don't think I felt, um, I don't think I felt particularly terrible. And, you know, I think I remember my grandma taking me to the, when I was very young, I think at the mall, they would have like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think we did that and that was okay, but that was in Michigan and we weren't living there. So, you know what I mean? It's almost like, well, they're never going to find out about that. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know that I felt like I was missing out, especially since we usually got stuff for it. There were a few times when I was a little older, old enough where it would still have been okay to trick or treat. Like people would have given you candy, you know, Uh but I couldn't go with my friends because Halloween. Right. So that did happen, but not, I don't remember it being like a huge thing other than it was another one of many things where we couldn't do something because it might cause a problem for, you know, in the church. That's, that's really interesting. Like a different take Like mm. for, I, I don't think I've heard that from your story before. It, yeah. I mean, there was very much, uh, I don't think it was that we were supposed to be like an example for others. Like, I don't think they set us up that way, which is good because that would have been terrible. Although I think that's sort of the effect it had, even though that yeah, probably wasn't that's the part intent. of it has to be. I think I, I think I remember, I'm going to say I remember, <laughs> you know, memory's a, a fickle thing, right? But <laughs> I feel like I remember there being talk of it's not fair, but you are, um, you get more, they didn't say more visibility, but that people watch you more because of who you, who your parents are and what they do, you know? So, I mean, and they're not wrong about that. And it was side note, always interesting because there were some things where they wouldn't do that. Right. Like we couldn't go trick or treating because it might get people upset, but like there were crazies in my kind of church when Pokemon came out that said Pokemon were demons, you know, yeah. and my parents didn't care. And I played Pokemon and they didn't tell me I had to keep it a secret. You know, so I mean, it's like I, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, that one is even more ridiculous. Right. If, right. If uh, Pikachu is a demon, then those demons are awfully damn cute. You know, like, I just, yeah, <laughs> who wouldn't um, want to spend eternity in hell catching yeah. Pokemon? Now, maybe Mr. Mime, but um <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, it was kind of a a mixed thing. And I don't know that there was, I don't imagine they had hard and fast rules for how to determine it. Right. Um, I also think that that thing was really big when they were young. And then when they started out in ministry, especially in the 80s, you know, and I think as we got older, I think a lot of people loosened up on some of that stuff. Yeah, like, so I'm thinking about how this is like peculiar about being a pastor's kid because this kind of thing, I don't think it was for Halloween. I think my parents just didn't want us going out trick or treating because razor um, blades. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, you got kids fighting, Uh they're out in the neighborhood, that kind of thing. Uh, We have to go get a a costume and we were poor. So, Right, right. Just a whole lot of hassle for not a whole lot of good stuff. And then you got to deal with the, the sugar rush of kids. Right. So I think that a lot of it was just like my parents were, uh, I don't know what adjective to use for that. It wasn't theological. It wasn't church related. It was just like uh, uh, a pain to deal with. 
Okay. Um, but we had lots of stuff like that growing up where my parents were like, no, you got to do this because of that visibility. Um, or if we saw our parents doing stuff and we thought it was weird because other people don't do it, the visibility thing came up. Right. And, you know, I, it's so weird because I know this isn't what we're talking about, but for me, it's like if any of my parishioners ever listen to this, uh, I don't care. Um <laughs> I want to say that as nicely as possible. Um, You're going to deal with me as you deal with me. It's not my job to make sure that you get through your fragile faith. You know, Um, I'm not talking to anyone specifically here, but (laughs) Uh, it's really not my job, you know, Um, especially, you know, because first Corinthians 14 could come up or, or sorry, Romans 14 could come up for that. But I just don't think that's the case. Anyway, so I think that's interesting. But the other one that kind of is flooding through my mind a lot is how much the culture wars in our lifetime have guided the church. Very much, yeah. It's very interesting because it's switched, right? We're in a different kind of culture war right now. We're doing different things with it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're tr- I'm trying not to, but yes. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but it's so easy to fall into it, it because is, of yeah. the paradigm. You just fall on a different side than you probably used to if yeah. if there's a danger. Yeah. But Halloween was certainly one of those cultural war things, was it not? Oh, yeah. I think I think for sure that that was definitely part of it. And yeah, I mean, you know, I can't know their minds, of course, but I think if I had to guess, it was probably... S- well, you know, I don't know. I was going to say it's probably 70% we don't want to deal with any potential problems and 30% it's about the devil and that's bad. But then I, you know, I I do remember there being talk of like, you know, well, that's, you know, this is about the devil and we certainly don't want to celebrate the devil, you know, which is funny because, you know, I don't know. I was going to do some research and then I forgot. I don't know <laughs> when it got linked with the devil. Right. Because I know originally it was a Celtic thing about I think it was about uh, it was the day of the year where they thought that the 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 world of the living and the spirit world where the veil between was kind of um, not torn, but it was as close as they get. And so, like, if I recall correctly and somebody could correct me if I don't, but um, they would leave things out for the the spirits that would come back so that the spirits would not do things to them, I think is, mm. is, you know, and I think they carved, I don't think they had pumpkins over there. I think pumpkins are a new world thing. I think they carved like turnips and stuff. And, um, oh, so, that sounds right. Yeah. And so anyway, I don't know when or how that got linked to the devil. Um, even were you, did you ever call the night before devil's night? No, yeah, that's no. what I think. That's a certainly a Michigan thing, and we did that in Canada where I was too. I think it might be a regional thing, but uh, so I don't know if if that was like a it just happened because of commercialism and somebody decided to link it to that to sell costumes and candy and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I don't know how it got linked, huh. but however that happened, I think there was very much an element of the theological of well. You know, we're Christians. We can't can't do that. So uh, what is it about Halloween? Why can't you do that, I guess, is the question. Well, because it would... I'm trying to remember how it was said to me. I think it was something along the lines of 
you we don't want to glorify the devil, right? We don't want to give the devil any, um, not just attention, but like we certainly don't want to celebrate any of those things. And I was in a theological world where they believe very much in the devil and demons and um, any of that stuff that would be, you know, they would call it occult stuff, right? Which again was very much a thing in the late eighties and early nineties that right. people were worried about. Yeah. Um, like we couldn't, like my parents were convinced Dungeons and Dragons was a portal to hell and Ouija boards were oh, satanic kids, and nights of in Satan service and uh-huh. all that kind of stuff. All yeah. of it. Yeah. So um, I think honestly it was all a stew of that kind of stuff all put together with combined with their, I'm not a parent, but I think there was a healthy dose of we're just worried about you getting hurt in there too. But um, yeah, always. Yeah, I (laughs) think it was the answer. Something along the lines of, well, we don't want to do anything that gives any kind of like positive attention to the devil because the devil is evil. (laughs) The devil is the enemy, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, and the irony, of course, is that by making the stand on Halloween, you draw more attention to the devil right if you just went along with it but yeah i mean i think too this was very much a tradition that prides itself on being not like the world right so we, we're okay. not going to do thing like when i say the world i mean the world right capital w right um, right which is we should do one on that sometime because <laughs> i anyway um and so it was almost like there should be some of this feeling kind of peculiar or sticking out is expected as part of being a Christian because you're not going to be like the world. Right. Um, Which is usually how the culture war or culture, whatever those things, that's how they get defined. Right. Because Mm -hmm. the world goes, the quote unquote world goes a certain way. And then Christians um, are either stick in the muds or sticks in the mud, or they're just um, not happy with the, way the world's going and so they oppose it um you know sticks in the mud like for like war on christmas stuff right come on i mean i put the halloween stuff in the same category as the war on christmas nonsense right yeah i mean it's the same (laughs) it's the same spirit at work (laughs) well that kind of crazy right i remember i remember uh that's i I'm not sure. Maybe you would know more, but is that where the hell houses came from? Is this whole thing? Because they had, you know, they had the haunted house and one of my favorite shows growing up. I love it even more now. It's King of the Hill. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's because it's so, uh, it's so sarcastic and biting. It's, it's crazy. I love it. But they have a Halloween episode where, um, there's this evangelical that comes to the town and is part of their church and starts to have this war on Halloween. And in the midst of that, uh, they have a, a, hell, a haunted house, but it's about how people are going to hell, right? Mm. And we've talked about one of those things. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I remember Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames, right? There you go. The, yeah. They would travel around traumatizing, I mean, um, you know, doing that play <laughs> at various churches and trying to scare right. people into heaven. Um, I wonder if it came from this war on Halloween or this weirdness around Halloween because it's no longer around, is it? Yeah, I think it's changed a lot. But I just realized another, we sort of talked about this, but when we, when you and I were kids, um, cause you're a little older than me, but we're in the same area with this kind right. of stuff. Yeah. Um, in the late, 
Well, mid to late eighties, especially the satanic panic was a thing. Um, so I know I listened to this podcast called satanic panic, which was about that. And it was, it was fantastic. You should check it out. But anyway, um, it was this thing where it was like, um, there were even like, not just prominent religious figures, but like there were, they were like police, uh, police organizations were having uh, psychologists come in and talk about how to treat people who've been hurt by quote ritual abuse because they thought this kind of stuff was going on, you know? Oh, wow. And there's, there's a whole topic in and of itself, but there was this idea that, you know, there are these shadowy satanic worshiper, Satan worshiping people out there who are doing all kinds of terrible things and want to steal your children and, you know, <laughs> yeah. kill them or whatever it is. And, um, like I think, honestly, like some I, of those old uh, Jewish racism stuff. Where it's maybe like, I think maybe that's th- part of it. Well, like this this podcast started. It was a small town in I think Saskatchewan that they were looking at, and uh, there were these kids that like there were these um, complaints to police where they were saying they were like abused horribly in satanic rituals, and um, so the thing is investigating whether that happened or not. But as they go through it, they talk about how this was a a thing that gripped North America at the time. Mm. And, you know, there's actually the, the, whoever did the podcast had a pretty interesting idea about what was really going on because it turns out they never found any like actual evidence of these things going on, but people needed this shadowy satanic enemy to, to, um, to not deal with some of their, with a lot of their own problems really is what it was. So, Mm. Anyway, I didn't, that was kind of a diversion, but I'm just saying like, I think it was, it sure sounds like as we talk about it, it was this huge mix of all kinds of things that just happened to come together at this. It was the kind of like in the zeitgeist of the time, right? Yeah. Um, at least the Christian zeitgeist anyway. Right. Um, yeah. Well, I think Ryan and I share a lot of what our experience was. I was honestly expecting more of like, a fervor from your tradition about this, or at least in your story, uh, because kind of like your story is kind of like mine. It's just my parents weren't into it, uh, didn't really want to do it, so we never did it. Um, we kind of talked about not participating with the devil type thing. Um, we also, like my my... What am I trying to say? My parents also were, they were appreciative of imagination, but they would say there's only so far that you should go with it, you know? Mm. And so there's that part. And I'm sure that's more just protecting us as kids than anything deeply theological. I don't know. Yeah. But I think, and, you know, forgive me if we're retreading the same ground here, but this idea of the occult and satanic and demonic stuff was like something that honestly, this sounds like a dramatic word to use, but honestly saturated my growing up. Okay. I mean, it was Halloween. It was Dungeons and Dragons. It was um, any magic that wasn't Narnia. It was, I mean, when Harry Potter came out, those were like the worst because they were witches and wizards, you know, Hmm. which again, if you're not, Aslan, apparently it's evil. Um, So I like, I think it's hard. I don't know how to divide it up. I think it was very much a theological thing, but 
there was a healthy dose of also the we don't want the tr- trouble this could cause okay. and it might not be safe. Yeah. So mine would probably be the other way around. Like yeah. it was not very safe, not very interesting, might cause some trouble maybe, and very little about the theological stuff. Um, and that's just because we don't have a huge tradition of it in our church, um, at least in the American Church of Lutheran Lutheranism. We actually have All Saints Day. So November 1st is All Saints Day, and um, there's a lot of talk around Lutherans of All Hallows' Eve is what it's really supposed to be called, the, mm-hmm. the Holy Evening, mm-hmm. um, because it's the evening before All Saints Day where we remember all those who have passed throughout the year. Uh-huh. Um, and we're coming up on that for our our time now. Um, and usually in the church service, the day, the week, the Sunday after all of that, uh, we read all those who have passed. Uh, we read their name. There's a little bell that tolls for them. And, uh, you know, that's how our church does it. That's how a lot of churches do it. Others will do other ceremonies and rituals to, to remember the beloved who have passed. Um, it's usually people who are either members or, closely connected to our congregation or community. Um, so really my dad, uh, my dad was never a cultural guy anyway. So, uh, my mom was more the person who would love that. So she was really into vampires for the longest time. She loved interview for a vampire oh, the and rice stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Halloween for us, and we didn't really feel like we missed out. I think we missed out on the candy because my parents wouldn't buy us candy. Um, That's just not something they would do. I mean, you know what I mean, for Halloween, of course they'd buy us candy if we were out. But um, So we kind of missed that. We did the mall thing every once in a while. Of course, we would participate in school stuff if they had it, but... Back then, even then, I don't think schools were like dressing, letting you dress up. Now they well, do. They, they did when I was a kid. Did um, they? Okay. And I don't think. It was just my schools. I don't think I was allowed to do that. I can't remember. That might not be true. Um, because I think, I think even my parents realized that when you're in second grade, whatever kind of Halloween stuff they'd have you do at school is probably not going to open a portal right. to hell. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty um, tame. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah those are kind of our experiences, but you said something that was really interesting. Uh, you said that uh, at least this is how I heard it, that Halloween wasn't like a necessarily a huge marker for this struggle against evil or whatever it might be, because you were saturated in this milieu of it what what do you mean by that yeah i mean i think halloween was a big deal but it was just one of many i don't think it was necessarily worse than a lot of the other things that were in that world and so i think i think the best way to explain it is that this is not um not unique to pentecostals i think you'd find things like this in lots of baptist traditions and honestly many different types of evangelical type approaches to faith but this idea of spiritual warfare Right. So um, the devil is very much a real person who has a will and is trying everything he can to thwart God's. Of course, they would say he can't. But this idea that 
Satan works against what God does, right? And Satan's goal is to corrupt and take as many human beings with him as possible kind of idea. And so not only is Satan real, but demons are real. Things like uh, people can be possessed by evil spirits. You know, you see that in the New Testament and in the world I came from that, you know, now, especially in a lot of more liberal Protestant churches, and I don't know what the Catholics do with it, but that's more of the idea that these people might have been mentally ill or or whatever. Well, in this world I came from, no, 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 they were possessed by literal evil spirits, right? Hmm. And that's something that can still happen today. I remember hearing stories about people seeing demons and um, having to, uh, you know, cast them out of people and all this kind of, which, by the way, scared the poop out of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, um, yeah. so that was very much a thing. And, and we as Christians were engaged in this struggle like with god against the devil right and so anything evil in the world had a satanic starting point i mean they're not they didn't use it to say that people aren't responsible for evil things but they talk about satan being the father of lies and the deceiver and the you know they start from the serpent and that well actually they might even start earlier if you talk you know is it in isaiah where there's that uh prophetic thing about lucifer falling from heaven maybe it's hard to tell if that's what it's talking about but anyway this idea that satan was an angel that fell because he rebelled against god and now that's what he's trying to get all of us to do too um like there was this idea that when you're sinning you're on the devil's territory i remember my dad saying that kind of idea okay and a verse that would come up um, a lot in, and probably because partly because it's easy for kids to remember it in, you know, kids' church or whatever. But yeah, be sober, be vigilant for your enemy, the devil, roams about like a roaring lion seeking those whom he might devour, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the enemy comes to rob, kill, and destroy, you know, all this stuff. Like this was a, this was a very much a thing. So I think that was the deeper thing behind a lot of this. Um, and so, not only were we supposed to live as Christians in a righteous and holy way because we're supposed to do that, but by so doing, we are um, doing our part in the battle against evil and the devil. Hmm. So, so what do you make of that? Yeah. Because <laughs> I, d- I imagine that probably wasn't really a thing no, for you. No. So the only... I don't want to say the only we'll unpack it as we go, but like the only explicit thing I can remember at least is that um, Martin Luther always included the devil in his trifecta that Jesus came to fight. So sin, death, and the devil, sin, death, and the devil, sin, death. We heard that so much. I mean, it was an easy thing for preaching. You know, if Jesus came for justification, it was for sin, death, and the devil. Um, and Martin Luther had a pretty medieval, I mean, he really did. He had a medieval um, appreciation for, um, well, let's say medieval spirituality when it came to that. So do a lot of Christians today. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, there's there's some precedence, if you will. There's some, It's in our tradition at the very least. Yeah. Um, but so here's what I'm curious about. Like, what's that? I'm, I'm not picking on your dad. Um, but what does that mean when you sin you're on the devil's territory? Yeah. You know, like 
remember that in this world you can um at some point if you sin enough or seriously enough or through some act of rebellion you cannot be a christian anymore you can i don't think they'd say lose your salvation but you can you can uh you know backslide you can turn away you can um kind of give it up if you want like you can rebel against god and not be a christian anymore um and so i think that the idea of um being on the devil's territory is this don't do that because you might not uh you might find yourself somewhere where you don't want to be because that was part of it too right i remember i don't remember if it was him or somebody else in a sermon using this um, illustration of sin is like a monster that you keep in a cage and it starts out very small. And then when you feed it, it keeps growing and growing until all of a sudden it doesn't fit in the cage anymore. And then it eats you (laughs) kind of idea. Right. Um, Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was serious stuff. It was, it was a big deal. And so how is that not a dualism? Well, it is power. Well, it is. <laughs> I mean, don't tell them that. But but they wouldn't know. say that Satan's more, as powerful as God. No, in or fact, they would even right. They would say exactly the opposite. And and I remember hearing about how well you know Satan's already lost, right? Because Jesus's death on the cross and resurrection means that you know we know the ending kind of idea. Um, well, he's already lost in the cosmic scale, but it sounds like not in the personal scale. He could right. still win. Well. I think I think they would believe that he can't win ultimately, but he can uh, he can win over the individual person, right? Yeah, because this is a very well, that's ultimate for me. If I go to well, hell, yeah. that's him winning, right? I know, but I mean, he cannot vanquish God, but he can take lots of us with him if we let him. Kind of idea, right? Okay, um, and yeah, and I God think, can't stop that. Well, see, that's that's a great question, right? I mean. Um, yeah, why doesn't God stop that kind of stuff, right? It is always a question for me. And I'm sure there's a probably a theological answer somebody in that world would give you, but like and I'm not just talking about the problem of evil. It's like if Satan's already defeated, you know, and they talk about like from Revelation where Michael slays the dragon, you know, mm-hmm, it's yeah. already happened kind of idea. Right. Um well then, gosh, what <laughs> why is why is god letting all this happen like why would god want that to be a you know i know sin free agency choice is a big thing but it's just it's a it's a strange thing to try and reconcile because like you said it's a very individualistic approach to faith in some ways and yet we're not supposed to think of like satan's and god's contest in that way right so it's like which is it you know um, because like you said, if you're the one Satan seduces away from God, that's pretty ultimate for you. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. 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 For me, right? I'm I'm shit out of luck. Right. And I I don't think anybody was well, I don't think anybody in my life was doing this for the express purpose of manipulation. Um you know, some of the clowns like um, Dobson and, and others, they might be, but I think it's all, but at the same time, it's hard to ignore the, not just power that gives you over people, but um, I mean, talk about behavior control, right? Like, especially when you're a kid, but not just when you're a kid, right? If you're, adults are scared of <laughs> dying and yeah, going to hell right. too. 
So it's uh, thinking about it now, it's just, I think it's kind of a mess, but it was all, all there. Like I, I thought you would say free will, like free will seems to be the way that Satan can still have power because God imbues us with free will. And so, well, I think power he allows us to have. That's probably what the answer would be. Um, especially since, uh, like, um, there is this idea that, um, yeah, Satan is doing everything he can to, you know, (laughs) rob, kill and destroy. Right. Yeah. But that's why we submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee. Right. There's another memory verse for you. Um, Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. This uh, James, I think. I don't remember. Anyway, um, this idea, it gives us a way to participate in the struggle. Huh. I was thinking of uh, our battles not against flesh and blood. Oh, that one too. But against powers, principalities, and uh uh-huh. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, for sure. Huh. It's such a different world. It sure is for me. <laughs> Probably it sounds like for you now too, but it was, it's just so different than anything that we had. Now we, we talked about that stuff, but we didn't have a whole system of beliefs around that yeah. necessarily. Like, you know, the war on Christmas for us or the war on Halloween is more like, it's taking away from Jesus. And that's Mm -hmm. pretty much everything we would say. Like if we can't do justification, (laughs) then we get, you know, (laughs) kind of nervous. (laughs) Yeah. Like, so Halloween doesn't really give us an opportunity for justification. Uh, I mean, it does, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's not allowing us to really talk about Jesus the way we want to talk about him because Quite honestly, Halloween in the tra- the Christian tradition would be more Christus Victor, like we talked about, how right. he he uh, is a, the victor over sin, death, and devil, as <laughs> Luther would mm-hmm. say. Um, so yeah, it's it's really kind of interesting. So you've mentioned a few times how that's kind of scary growing <laughs> up in that. <laughs> that's one word for it. Okay, what's the word you would use? Um, traumatic, <laughs> terrifying, traumatic. oppressive. Um, did you think the devil was always there in your mind or over your shoulder or what was that? Um, as a child, yes. I remember thinking at one point I, I was pretty young and I don't know there. I honestly, I probably watched some movie that wasn't even about the devil and somehow it got me upset. You know how five, six-year-olds are. Yeah, right. And I was just convinced the devil was in my room at night, right? I didn't mm. see anything, but I just knew, right? And I was terrified. And so I remember my mom telling me to just, when I felt that way, to repeat, um, which is, oh, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There's another verse for you. Huh. Um, she even had a song about it. And, but I mean, like, so, you know, did that help at the time? Yes. But this idea that Satan and his legion of demons are working to to make you fall at every possible turn. Right. Um, I mean, that's terrifying, especially as a kid and a young teenager. Um, It's like I said, I used the word oppressive for a reason, because I don't know that every in fact, I imagine not everybody reacted to it the same way I did. I was a very emotional child. (laughs) 
<laughs> and your brother? You know, not in the way that I was. I don't know how okay. he felt about this kind of stuff. I'd have to ask him about that. He was more, he kept more of it to himself than I did. Okay. You know? He might have been just as traumatized. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I was convinced. I've, I mean, I've talked before how I was convinced I was in danger of hell all the time. Yeah. But yeah. that wasn't just, I mean, I usually talk about that in terms of what I do, what I did or didn't do. And that was certainly there, but it was also this idea of, um, you know, somebody is out to get me and trying to like put things in my path that make it more likely and tempt me. I mean, tempting was a big thing, right? The, the father of lies lies to you to get you to do evil things and all this kind of stuff. And, um, not to mention as a kid being afraid of getting possessed and all this kind of, kind of nonsense. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think those terrifying is a great word for it because so when you were a teenager, did you watch the exorcist? Oh, I've still not watched the exorcist. Oh really? Okay. I will never watch the exorcist. And oh, you know, maybe I can get you to do that. No, you can't. I don't <laughs> even today. I don't watch scary movies because, and I, I just don't really enjoy them, but I think part of the reason they scare me so badly is because of this stuff. Right. Like I'm an adult. I understand that other yeah. than the weird torture porn ones, um, you know, like the things in these horror movies don't aren't aren't real. Right. I'm right. not right. logically I'm not worried about this stuff, but there's even like this. It still has a kind of spiritual effect on me, but I don't mean that some evil spirit is getting me through it. I just mean, like, because of the way this was in the stew of my existence the whole time. I still feel that same kind of stuff, even if I don't necessarily believe in all of that the same way anymore. Yeah, I get that. I yeah. I can't watch. I had a traumatic experience with Final Destination, which was oh. a, yeah. you know, that movie. You know I of it. never seen it, but I know of it. Yeah. Yeah. So creative ways people die and they're in like real world situations. Uh -huh. There's no supernatural. I mean, death is a supernatural yeah. force, but. But strangely enough, so that kind of movie, I'd probably be able to watch just fine. Things that could theoretically actually happen to me, not a problem. Like uh, scary monster demon things, terrifying. Still can't huh. really do it. So can you watch monster uh, flicks at all? Sure. I mean, like uh, aliens like don't earn a problem. Yeah. yeah. Godzilla, none of that kind of stuff. But like, you know. Even yeah, yeah. There's just something to, haunting stuff. Yeah, no, I won't do it. I'm never gonna watch it. I just can't. I mean, mm. my boy Daniel lo loves that kind of stuff. He was oh, like, Let's he? watch this, and I'm like, hell no, <laughs> I will not watch that with you. You know. Uh, <laughs> so besides terrifying you, what did it do? To yeah, you? you know, you uh, a little while ago said the word. Um, doesn't that set up a dualism, right? Like, doesn't that elevate the devil to the same kind of spot as God? You know, the whole equal, God's equal, just on the opposite side kind of thing. Yeah, right. And I remember hearing very explicitly often that that was not the case, right? That Satan might be God's um, opposite, but he's not as equal, right? That this is what they would say. I heard that, yeah. And yet, like, a, like I don't know about, a, well, like, a fair number of things as I look back on some of this stuff now, like that was the theology and that's what was said and told and probably believed. But 
at the same time, the way I lived and the way we in that world lived, I don't think it really lived that belief out. Right. Okay. Um, and I guess I can't say that for everybody, obviously, but you know, seven-year-old Ryan is observing how people live, right? Because mm -hmm. children learn these things from the people in their lives. So yes, I was an emotional kid who was, you know, scared of a lot of things. But I mean, a lot of that was learned behavior. It wasn't just me and my personality. So um, yeah, I think it, it, it kind of set up this, well, here's what they say, but it sure doesn't seem to match how we live. You know, and I don't mean that as to say, so they're hypocrites, because I don't think most people were doing that intentionally or realized it. But this idea of being a soldier in the struggle in a battle that's already been fought, but we have to fight, it just doesn't quite add up, you know? Yeah. Like the the first Peter, that's where mm -hmm. that comes from, right? First Peter yeah. three. Yeah. Um that is interpreted in your the way that you're talking that's interpreted as morally right right or right. um well and be sober right so watch out for things that tempt you and i mean even they wouldn't say that's just about getting drunk right although that would count but i mean this idea that you have to be what's the what's the one in harry potter that says constant vigilance um yeah. that one that idea very much always well, for on your when I said morally, I can't kind of meant like this uncleanness in the Bible, like make sure that you're not being unclean or unholy or yeah. wrong. Because right? you want to watch that you don't drift too far away yeah. and, right. you know, find you can't get back kind of idea. Which is really interesting because that's not the only way you can interpret it, right? You can interpret it as... Nope, that's it. That's the, the only way. <laughs> the devil's kind of an asshole and he's going to make your life miserable. Mm -hmm. um, we don't know why, but we can at least observe that pretty obviously, right? I mean, yeah, you could take it of, yeah, I mean, a lion in a city is going to destroy yeah, things because it's a lion people. in a city. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, right. it's like John Mulaney's thing about a horse in a hospital. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there's still a horse in the hospital. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, I mean, but that's a very different thing than you know, the lion is hunting people in New York. Right. Or whatever. No, no, I think that, but that's interesting because that kind of highlights this idea of the devil, right. That is familiar to me, but still foreign at the same time. It's like, I know that there, there are certain areas in our own, uh, I wouldn't say tradition, but certainly in my own upbringing and the way that we talked about this cultural issue, uh, it was there. It was certainly there. Um, the devil was that way of be careful or um, you could, you know, damn yourself to hell mm. type thing. But were you afraid of, you know, no. the devil or demons or any of that kind of stuff? No, <laughs> no not, not really. Um, now, that's my experience. Another Lutheran might say differently. But for me, it was not really like that, um, especially because we in this conversation, we would use like, first Peter three to not set yourself up for 
that kind of thing. So, mm. um, you know, it'd be pretty easy to avoid being possessed. That's how we heard it. At least it's like, don't do a one that was kind of crazy, but don't do the Ouija board. Right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, that was, those were very bad. Yeah. Don't talk to Satan. Don't, uh, invite him in that kind of stuff. Just that's how we talked about it. I don't know how realistic that was, but, um, yeah, so we we didn't really have that too much at all uh, yeah. because, and you know, I'm sure shame would be part of this. If somebody got possessed, uh, it was their own fault. However, growing up, or I'm sorry, after growing up, now in my life as a sim student, it's really interesting to watch some pastors. <laughs> some pastors will kind of get into this hushed uh, zone and they'll start to say, you know, I actually kind of believe that the devil does possess people and they'll kind of share these stories. I remember my vicarage um, supervisor shared a story of how he had to go and bless a house because it was possessed and he would share a story of how it was obviously possessed. And uh, it was just very interesting. Uh, I didn't have language or I still don't have a where a place to put that. It's like, feels superstitious to me almost well it is <laughs> i mean it is not intentionally yeah. probably but it is superstitious right and it just it's it's strange at the very least you know right. if it's not if people are uncomfortable with that first label it's certainly strange to someone like me especially in our tradition where we don't really talk that way we don't right. uh, approach it that way hmm. something that came to my mind is um Sometimes I think it was an excuse for our own just evil, bad behavior, you know, you know, like this idea that the devil is the root of all evil. Well, not I mean, nobody would say the devil made me do it. But, you know, this idea, it 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 lets you off the hook in some sense. How does it leave you off the hook? No, I mean, like if if yes, this is a sin and I did it because it's evil. But I was tempted by the devil. I was um, deceived by an evil spirit. I was whatever, right? There's some kind of mitigating factor in there that um, lets you feel maybe not so bad about what you did. But in the system, it was fine, right? You could say that kind of stuff, even if it did let you off the hook, and you would still not be off the hook. Is how well, how yeah. I mean, that would be like, oh, so no. But then the pastor wouldn't say, oh, don't worry about it. Then, <laughs> but I think maybe subconsciously internally it was a way to explain away some of our own behavior that probably wasn't the devil it was probably just us doing bad things you know it's interesting because that's like it's a counter to uh it's one of those things i just love where you're you're trying to figure out so much how to have an individualized faith and in that sense you're you're trying to uh what am I trying to say? There's something there. There's something happening there that's interesting. So you do things in order to make sure you don't fall for the immorality that leads to hell. Right. Um, and yet what it actually is doing subversively is making it so that you don't have to pay attention to the real things that are actually quote unquote leading you to hell. Does that make sense? Yeah. And like I guess I think it does make sense. And I don't 
you know, I, I don't think anybody necessarily consciously realizes that this is what one of the things these beliefs might be doing for them. Cause I right. mean, there's other stuff it's doing too. Right. Yeah. But, um, well, I mean, hell you have to be worried about if you're going to be possessed or a demon's right. going to get you. Yeah. You're not worried about that kind of stuff. But I mean, it also lets you explain, I mean, some of the just unexplainable evil in the world, like the Holocaust, yeah. for example, right. Well, that was satanic. Right. And I don't, I'm not saying that's not untrue, but I'm just saying it, it gives you a very understandable, concrete uh, mm. way to deal with things that aren't. You, you, I mean, there is no way to reconcile the Holocaust within your mind, in your spirit, whatever. Right, right. But the fact that it was orchestrated by Satan says, ah, there's the cause. That's how this kind of evil takes place, because we know that's. I mean, and I don't mean they would say so. Therefore, Hitler wasn't on the hook for it. Right. But right. I think it just gives you a way to um, to reconcile this unreconcilable evil you see in the world sometimes. And what does that what does that do for someone to be able to reconcile that? Why? Why would you want to reconcile that? Well, to say to stay with that same example, I mean, I think there's something about I just don't think our brains can accept something like the Holocaust, right? I mean, we just can't, There, like, you can't reconcile that. There's no way to understand that. It is right. just unspeakable, undescribable evil. Right. But um, I think we don't, we, we can't handle that idea, right? We have to have a reason. We have to have something to explain something like that. Okay. Because I think if we can say, oh, well, that's satanic, well, we're fighting against Satan. Right. Because yeah. I mean, okay. how powerless must you feel if you're standing in one of these, um, you know, one of the former concentration camps, right? Like, or when you look at some of the evil that's in the world today, whatever it is, genocides or whatever, and you look at this and you say this, there's nothing like what, what can anybody do about this? Well, if I am a fighter in the struggle against Satan, then I am in some way having something to do with resisting this kind of evil, you know? Um, so I think it gives you a way to not just reconcile it, but it gives you a way to feel like you are resisting it, like working against it. That's really interesting. And it makes sense. Um, one of the things that you want to do, especially when God's in the picture, right? Without God, it's still uncomfortable to think of the world as having this thing called the Holocaust and of course all the other terrible shit that happens. Yeah. Um, but with God, it's even harder, right? Because, well, I don't know if it's even harder. It's just a unique difficulty that we mm -hmm. have as Christians. Uh, and you've mentioned it. There's like that philosophical problem that has a Christian bent to it. The problem of evil. Right. Um, how Which has do you, been a problem forever. Nobody's right. figured it out. <laughs> it's, you know? it's like the trolley thing. It's, yeah. it's going to be a philosophical thing forever. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I can get that. I can get why that is. Uh, but it's also very interesting. Like, So I'm thinking about it because I studied German history from unification to reunification. And the name that always comes up when we talk about the Holocaust uh, in the grand scheme of things is 
Hannah, uh, Hannah Arendt, Hannah Arendt is uh, her name. And she coined this very famous phrase, the banality of evil, hmm. that yeah. evil is just banal. And he, she did this because she went to, um, he went to Eichmann or she went to Eichmann's trial and Eichmann was, uh, for all intents and purposes, he was the bureaucrat in mm-hmm. charge of the final solution. And, uh, it was at the, I could get really nerdy. It was at the Vance conference where uh, they kind of came up with this solution. And he was the one that would, you know, take care of the trains, make sure those schedules were on and so on and so forth. And what she noticed about him is he was a perfectly pleasant and interesting fella. And he wasn't trying to be evil evil was banal. It was just something that he happened to do. Mm. And what's interesting about that is that it speaks to the depth of evil and the potential there, but it also doesn't um, have to elevate it to a grand narrative, which is what I think you spoke into is yeah, your experience. A, a cosmic narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Like the problem of the cosmic narrative of how could God do this? Well, I, I rent would say, well, that because people are people and mm-hmm. that happens in this world, people well, are boring and evil at the same time. Yeah. And I think, I think one of my biggest objections to some of to a lot of this is and I don't honestly I don't know what I think about the devil anymore it's a, I really don't know I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of the things we just talked about but I think in some ways it's just too easy right it just lets people off the hook for the things that they do even if this world would still say they're responsible like no I'm sorry I think like like you were talking about I don't think necessarily that the devil made those people do this. They did it because humans do evil things. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's it, in some ways it's an easy out to say, oh, well, say it's satanic and Satan, um, you know, uh, seduced them into it or tricked them or lied or whatever it is. And, and um, yeah, I think that that attempts to explain away the unexplainable because it makes us feel better. Thank you for listening to us so far. Uh, Ryan and I, we enjoyed this conversation so much. We discovered that it went longer than our traditional podcast, and we didn't want to cram this all into one long episode. So we're making these a little bit shorter than our normal. Uh, We will continue this conversation next week, but we hope that you've enjoyed it so far, and we thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback, please let us know at Frontier Faith podcast at gmail.com and uh, let us know what you're going through when it comes to Halloween. How were you brought up? How did you think about the devil, maybe even hell? And where are you now? How's that all impacting you and your faith uh, today? We're going to leave you here. We thank you for joining us. And remember, as always, it's okay not to know what you believe, why you believe it. 
because our God is walking beside us as we journey and explore that frontier together.